Hello and welcome to the Villa Park podcast. It is me, Rich, and I am here with another celebratory podcast. Basically, we're, we're going to win the league, Kev. We're going to win the league. Oh, you're on mute. Here we are, we're back. Here you are. I was just having a moment to think about how great we are. No, I said it to you... Um... I said it to you the other day, didn't I, in the chat? I said, um, next season, we're going to get 114 points. For those who can't do maths, that's winning every game. We're going to win the the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, and the Champions League, because we're going to qualify for it this season. Um, I think the women are going to win the double, um, so that's good. Um, I think I think the tea lady, I think she's going to win bingo every single night when she goes on a Friday. And I think, I think the kit man's going to win his bowls tournament. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's... Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you shake your head sometimes, and I know you've got loads of loads of stats, records. I mean, records seem to be being broken every single week at the minute. It, it, it's great to see the next one that goes around on Twitter. It's great to see the next one. Like, do you realise it's been you know thirty years since Villa did X, or you know whether it's the Premier League managers' reign beginning with now twenty goals, twenty games in a row where the team has scored. Whether it's, you know, the last time we won five home games in a row, was it 1990? 98. 98. Um, and five clean sheets as well during that process. Um, you know, whether it's the the last time a Villa player scored in all the games that Watkins has scored, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, there's just stat after stat. And we joke about Emery slaying different dragons, don't we? Um, the next one for me is, um, you know, I don't want to do the Man United preview too, too quickly, but... Is when was the last time we won back-to-back games at Old Trafford? When was the last time we did a double over? I say double over any team. I'm sure we did did it over Norwich, whatever recent seasons, but a double over Man United. Um, when was the last time all that happened? And um, yeah, interesting. Honestly, honestly, well, we're, we're obviously we're obviously celebrating our latest victory, which was uh, last night at, at time of this podcast. Um, one uh, hard-fought 1-0 victory, which takes us into fifth place in the table. Before we get into the game, please do hit that like button. Please do um, subscribe to the channel. We are growing at a rapid, rapid rate, nearly at 1,400. So please um, hit that subscribe button and comment on anything that you see in this in this video. Um, but yeah, fantastic, right? Let's get into it. First of all, Kev, like I said there, hard-fought 1-0 victory takes us into fifth yes i'll repeat that fifth in the league well i mean wowzers wowzers i think we were 15th when emory took over probably by virtue of that 4-0 spanking we gave brentford and then the 4-0 spanking we got from newcastle so there was those two games weren't there before he officially took over one where he wasn't announced i think under aaron danks and then the one when aaron danks obviously took us to st james's park but Emory was waiting to begin his job so, you know, from, from when Gerard left being joint 18th in the league to 15th, but still really in, in danger of relegation, to being 11th for what was it, 11 games? Mm-hmm. 11 games? I saw something the other day saying we were like, I think we were like one point behind Chelsea when we played them. And now they're on 39 and we're on 54. Yeah. Is that 15 points? 
15 points difference for us to go fifth in the league. I know there's games in hand, games in hand, schmames in hand, is what I'm saying, <laughs> right? We're ahead of Spurs. Is that, is that the new saying? <laughs> new, new saying from me, yeah. Spurs, Liverpool, Brighton, uh, Fulham, Fulham, nothing about the media. What a season Fulham have had. What a season Brentford have had. What teams, Marcos, Silva, Thomas Frank. Well, we're nine points ahead of Fulham and we're 10 points ahead of Brentford. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. And it might all crumble, and I don't want to get too carried away. That, that that kind of jibe there for me was more around the credit we've not received. Admittedly, we're getting a bit more credit lately, of course. But the narrative of how great these teams were doing when we were like a win behind them. And look at us now, fifth in the league. And I said this the other day, and I'm going to say it again, Richard. Right, I'm going to say it again. We'll talk about the time of the squad, and we'll talk about the, the, the task and all the teams. If Man United don't beat Spurs, right, so whether there's a Spurs win or a draw, and we beat Man United, we'll be either two or three points behind them in fourth spot. God dream. I mean, it's unlikely, and seventh is more realistic based on all the stats that I've seen, and sixth and fifth. But crazier things have happened. Gotta go yeah. for it, because if you don't go for it, then you'll end up finishing eighth or whatever. If we yeah. go for finishing fourth then we, at least if we finish sixth or seventh, we've, we've, we've achieved more than what the objective was. Absolutely. And it's, it's game by game, isn't it? It's game by game. And, and we looked at last night's game and thought, possible banana skin, but we should win. It should have been more comfortable than it was. But, I mean, Arsenal made the name for themselves in the 80s and early 90s of 1-0 to the Arsenal. And yeah. I'd say a lot of Villa's battling wins, actually. If you think about some of the wins we've had this season, particularly our away wins... 2-0 at Chelsea, 2-0 at um, Everton. Spurs, 2-0 at Everton, 2-0 at home against Forest. You know, I know there's a 1-0 Palace. 1-0 Palace, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a 2-1 away at um, Brighton. Yeah. You know, it's not like we've had that many 1-0 wins. It really, we scored, we've scored a couple in a lot of those wins. Um, obviously, three against Bournemouth, four against Newcastle. So for Villa to do a 1-0 win, when actually the players probably are a bit fatigued. You know, that, that, I said this the other day, like one of our probably, our kryptonite is the squad size with the injuries that we've got. So, but look, you know, stats-wise on the game, Fulham had one shot and zero on target. Yeah, yeah. So if it was ever going to be a night when you were going to, you know, maybe not give it, give it, have to give it everything you've got. And look, there were, there, were, there were slight little groans in the crowd when, you know, when Fulham weren't pressing us and we weren't going forward quickly enough. And I was looking around thinking, we're currently fifth in the league. And, and we're winning. We're winning. It's it's not on us. It's not on us to, to... At this stage in the season, right, it's about wins. It doesn't matter how they come, by hook or by crook, it's about wins. If you're going for something in the table, it's about wins. Yeah. If we were like 10th or 11th, where we were like for 11 games, as you said, then yeah, we could maybe play with a bit more freedom, put some of the young players on, but... You know, when it's about winning, when it's a, when you're playing for something, it's about wins. It doesn't matter how it happens. So, you know, we scored that goal. We're one nil up. It's on the opposition for them to to come out and press us, and then we try and capitalize on that. It, exactly, I couldn't agree more. And if you think about the big game, obviously tonight, the um, whatever point this, this pod goes out, the Man City Arsenal game. If Man City have eighty percent possession, twenty five shots to Arsenal's three, and Arsenal win one nil. No one will care, and the Arsenal side, and even the Man City side. Oh, but we played better momentum than us. It's it's three points. It's all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters. And of course, over a period of time, you need style over results. Of course, you do. Well, to a degree, you need to. You know, you need to be doing that. 
Um, it's just for Villa now. I mean, that what's that again? That's now. So it's 10 unbeaten, right? Only two goals in open play conceded in three in total in that entire time scale. Um, I mean, wow. Yeah, well, you know, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll cover, we'll cover, we'll come on to him now because we talk about Watkins and how brilliant he's been and, and some of the, you know, and Traore coming in and scoring some vital goals. Uh, Buendia, you know, creating more chances, but this, this, Run has come on the bedrock of defending and 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 yeah. being a unit. And you look at that that spine, not the spine. So you look at that triangle at the back of Mings, Consat, and uh, Martinez. Um, and I'll, I'll talk Mings first because obviously he also contributed with the goal last night, which is fantastic. But those three have just been phenomenal. And yeah. yeah we're going to feature all of them, but just talk a little bit on Tyra Mings. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think at times, obviously, you could be giving plaudits to Julia throughout the season. Ashley Young, you know, Louise, I think has been tremendous. Uh, Watkins has clearly been superb since the World Cup. There's been loads of really good performances. Moreno, you know, Ramsey lately. Um, but he's got to be up there for a shout for player of the season. I mean, and I know... You know, I'm not always right, but I did call it, uh, you know, our, our pre-season <laughs> I think this is like every other, every other pod episode you mentioned. That, I've, got mention, I've got to mention it, Because <laughs> some of us thought he was going to get sold under, yeah. under the previous manager. He was out of the team. He didn't start the first game. You know, bear in mind he'd been in England like fair squad regular. And, yeah, you know, there's still the sense that sometimes he might be a bit cash and have him mistaken. him. He is, for me, the best defender in the league, at least, alongside Lewis Dunk, maybe right now. He's been... I- yeah, I don't. I don't even see the mistake. Like I'm, I hate saying that. I hate doing that. But I don't even see the mistake anymore. Like some of the it's passing. Yes, some of the passing me. yesterday in that first half, particularly, just outside the foot, splitting passes to straight into the path of um of Moreno. And this is what we talked about last season. Remember where when we yeah. went to the Palace game, we were saying like. The, the centre-backs, the way that teams want to play now is the centre-backs have to be able to spot passes and they have to be able to pass the ball quickly. Yeah. Not 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 like quickly as in like hitting the ball faster, but quickly in terms of their thinking. And Mings is doing it and Conta's getting much better at it. But Mings at the moment is just, it's like the quarterback passes, like striding through with the ball, nipping in in front of the, of the striker to get ahead, to get a touch on the ball. All that is, is just as a, as a as a um, an indicator, of the coaching he's receiving, but also the options that he's getting on the ball. Because if you can see the picture in front of you, then you can then you can you can play it, and that's that's what's so important. And still, I was listening to Talk Sport on the way back, and I think a Villa fan rang in and he talked about Ming saying, you know, he he should be he should be getting considered for England. He's he's one of the best centre backs in the country at the moment. And they were still like, oh, I'm not sure. He's got a he's got a, he's got a mistake in him. He's got a rick in him, but. Honestly, you tell me a centre-back who hasn't got a mistake in him. Yeah, it's, it's a really valid point. John Stones has had, was, had it throughout his career, hasn't he? And he's got it, he seems to be more consistent lately. Clearly, Maguire, you know, Eric Dyer, a lot of these players that have played, I'm, I'm talked about England centre-halves there in recent seasons, you know, so it, it's absolutely true. I think the one thing is that, it, you know, has it been long enough period of time for, for that to get out of people's memories? I think that's the one thing is... I still, still think sometimes people feel that's going to happen because, and I got a bit worried actually last night when I saw Dan James starting up front. 
because the last time Dan Jennings played at Villa Park, um, I don't know if he was wearing a white shirt like mine, but you know, he's, he was he's... with white Leeds or maybe blue of Leeds, I can't remember, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Ming's missed a he header, not, he got yeah, 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 so maybe yeah, I've got but... that kind of recency bias, yeah. but um. But look, look, 90% of goals are scored from someone making a mistake. Like, that's how goals are scored. You know, Ming scored today, the last night, because someone didn't mark him properly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way it is. I think I honestly think it's because he, he's got a bit of a language style. He chews, he chews gum or whatever, and he's got dreadlocks. That's literally the only reason I can think of why people say he's crap. I don't understand. I don't understand why. You've listed like five centre backs there that have been known to make mistakes, but there's there's four like forty centre backs in the Premier League that will will have made a mistake at some point this season because they make that's what happens when they when they make a mistake it generally leads to a shot or which would yeah. then be a goal. So look, in my in my sense, he hundred percent deserves to be put back in the English squad, especially if you're picking people like Harry Maguire. Yeah, it's it's just been tremendous, hasn't it? It's been. A real leader without obviously having the captain's armband. He's, he's a talker. Um, I think his him being in the team again. We talked about this, didn't we? There's a Villa fan base going back, you know, six nine months. Is it going to be Carlos? Oh, I'd have Carlos and Collins of people saying, and Chambers deserves a chance. Chambers has done pretty well when he's come in, and Carlos has got all the potential in the world if he can get back to the injury. But that first defender in that team for me, no matter what happens, has to be Tyrone Mings. I think he's just he's yeah. that important to the team when he plays. Yeah, and then again, just adding to that balance, um, Ezri Konza, you know, quiet, goes about his business. Someone else who might be able to claim it, an England squad position, you know, maybe he's a little bit more sort of silky in his, his style with the Tyra Mings. But again, don't mistake it for for being le- any less solid because he, he does know how to put himself about as well. Yeah, I think, again, his form has been tremendous since Christmas. He He's... Along, alongside, um, um, obviously, Tyrone, he said about partner, he's been absolutely solid. You know, there's always stats about it, isn't, isn't there for Esri, but, you know, dribble past the, the least. And I don't know what the context of those stats is. What is it? Does it have to be going past them, like, through on goal? Is it just... Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know how they work it. But yeah. that, as a partnership, I think we said this in the last part, other than maybe the, the Brighton centre-halves, um, they're as, they're as good as anyone, other than maybe the Brentford centre-halves are as good as anyone in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few good ones. Like, you, like I was going to ask you that question. You know, you've obviously got Batman and Shah, who were bigged up before we played Newcastle. You, you've got, you know, me and Pinnock. Um, but they sometimes play a three, don't they? They sometimes, I, I'm not sure if they're always a four at the back, Brentford. And then you've got Dunk and, and Webster. Um you know, and it's difficult for some of the, the, the real top teams because they, they, they change them around quite a bit. But would you have Mings and Conser as at the moment at present moment the best centre half partnership in the league? Well, I think all the ones we've named, I didn't mention Shah and Buckman actually, you know, absolutely give them credit. Particularly Shah from where he came from, you know, in bad eras of Newcastle, not like it is now, is has come through well. Probably similar to Mings actually, Villa. Um I don't think I don't think you'd be easily be able to, to pick one and one over the other. I think they're as good as, as any of those, and that is that says a huge amount for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a, a well well structured answer. To be fair, Kev. Um, <laughs> and then also like just completing that sort of triangle, uh, and it was so great to have him back in goal yesterday. Uh, you know, Mr. Martinez and uh, 
yeah, uh, again, just just gives us that solidity at the back. Is you know he's he had gold. My, my dad had noticed he had gold um, like sprinklings in his gloves. So whether they're like special World Cup winner edition or world number one goalkeeper editions or whatever, but he's really carrying himself as a as a true leader. At, uh, you know, at the back at the minute, he's great, isn't he? He's just great. Um, <laughs> And, and it's it's good to see, we've touched on this a little bit lately, but how he's got used to Emery's style, what he wants him to play, much better with the ball at his feet. Um, I think it, I think it actually plays into his demeanour as well. Like actually, you know, that whole sense of like the, the, the opposition waiting for us to do something and then maybe getting a bit annoyed and it, he'll happily be a you-know-what house all day long, won't he? Because that, 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 that's just his demeanour. That's demeanor. what he loves. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a really interesting um, uh, interview actually he's done with... Um, with Ian Wright, and there's a, and I think it might be Paolo Dybala's girlfriend or wife. I think she's like into does music, but it's a really interesting inter- interview going around. It's doing been doing the rounds on social media, and it's just great. And he talks quite clearly in the interview about how he wants to induce anxiety and create chaos. So even if like you know he's arguing about you know who's going to take the penalty or jumping down the spot, people are like oh you know oh that's not good whatever. It, it, it's making people second guess and making them think. Um, and I'm just glad he's ours because he's, he's great, isn't he? He's great, and yeah. you know, it's the, the difference when he's not in goal again, like when Mings doesn't play, he's, he's, he's so star. So, fingers crossed, he stays, uh, he stays illness free for the rest of the season, yeah, stays away from that dodgy, don't know, dodgy uh, Donna Kebab or whatever he, he had the other day. He got it off his son, apparently, so maybe he needs to stay away from his kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just wrap him up in a in a room, yeah, for like the next four weeks. But um, no, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And look, you know, again, as I say, it, it's built on that that defense. Three goals, as you said, Kevin, in ten games, one of them being a penalty. It's you know, you know, as a striker now or a midfielder, that if you score one goal in the game, you're gonna win it, and that's 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 where it comes. And and and. It, a little bit on, on on the another side of the goal. Um, score from a set piece. Score early, um, and it was direct from a set piece as well. Centre back scoring. We've given him so much stick on this podcast, but not not this guy here. But this guy here, Mr. McPhee. Um, you know, credit where credit's due, mate. We've we've been we've been great on defensive set pieces of late, and. We've we've been threatening to score goals off set pieces because the the variety has been good. Yesterday they went much more direct and it and it paid off. Well, we did actually score a goal off a set piece against Bournemouth, wasn't it? Because it was a flick on from. A oh corner. yes, yes. Wendy, yes. then you know Mings flicked it on, didn't he? And then Wendy scored it. So there's That's a couple right. from there. Um, obviously, there's the Watkins header against Southampton, uh, which mm. is a free kick, free kick bent in. So there's been a few more, obviously a few more of those. Um, it was after a period of sustained pressure, and it, and it felt a little bit like um, obviously Man City have been doing probably better than anyone else in the league. Um, you know they did it against us. Obviously they did it the other day, didn't they as well? They get themselves three 0 up, and then obviously Leicester was a bit hair at the end, and Villa was a bit hair at the end for them as well. But once you're three 0 up, then you you've, you've put all your work into like a you know a, a short period of time, and you, you've, it's easy street. Well, Villa didn't quite get three 0 up. It should have been, but because Fulham offered so little. One nil was enough, and I think we were really, really good first half. Sustained pressure, crowd was up. That was the third consecutive corner we'd had, and then you know it was like that. Just we were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and finally, great corner whipped in, great flick header, just a lovely, lovely goal from a set piece. And it's good to score. Emery said this himself. 
you know, you want obviously want your strikers to score, your midfielders to score. We're expecting Watkins, Ramsey, Buendia, etc. Traoré to do his bit, but you need your best rest of the team to step up. Um, it's been a bit of time since I've had a random bet on Mings at forty to one to score because it all seems a waste of time. But um, I should have had a little quid last night. Shouldn't you should have done, mate. You should have done. You should have done. Um, I'll come to the. I'll come to the the big man, the big the manager later. But um, one slight concern and he did touch on it a little bit um earlier is the is the options off off the bench and it was quite evident that the players were getting a little bit jaded towards the end of the game and he only made well he made three subs in total but one was you know chambers right at the end like five minutes to go it's still that nagging feeling that 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 the lack of options on the bench is is going to potentially come to bite us unless we get these players back because as i said you know moreno looked like he took a little bit of a knock um uh, ashley young you know took a bit of a knock as well and that midfield you know it's 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 a lot of work when was getting a bit tetchy you know a little bit more than usual kind of arguing with watkins is that gonna start to rear its head a little bit that jet that that sort of tired jaded nature maybe Maybe, yeah. Um, I think that it, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're running on fumes at the moment, aren't we, a little bit? I mean, we do need some of these players back. You've got a few options, you know, if you've got a defensive injury, you've clearly got Chambers to go into one of the central positions. You've got Dina, who I think has done actually quite well lately when he's come in from, from Moreno. And you've obviously got Chambers that can play right back or Conza at a push, maybe, if, if something happens to Young and cashes him back. In the midfield, you've maybe got Chambers and go into defensive midfield. <laughs> Uh, that's your option at the moment, isn't it? It's covering three positions at the minute. You might as well go in goal. I mean, that's the benefit of having having a utility player, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, And also you've got McGinn could drop back and then you could bring in a a trail range to that position or maybe even a Duran. So there are options. They're not massively preferred options. Duran hasn't been used at all, has he? That's that's the only, like, there must be something that's making him think I, I, I can't use him. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it is. Is it um, is it the fact he's a bit of a maverick and he wants it to be a bit more solid? Uh, but you wouldn't say Traore is that more solid. I didn't think Traore was great last night when he came on. I thought he wasn't. You know, he's not, he's, the, the one thing okay. But... Yeah, the one thing I'll say and get ready for this, Richard. You might want to clip this. Clip this next uh, bit of this for Twitter. Is Leon Bailey better at tracking back than than Traore? So you actually noticed. Mate, I, I, I said that right immediately from the start. I said that. As I've said before, Traore is someone you bring on because you don't quite know what he's going to do. He can win you the game, like he did against Leicester. He did against Forest. You know that is his that is his thing, but he's not going to track back. That's just not what he's about. Or he'll he'll attempt to, but he'll almost in attempting to, it kind of makes it worse because yeah, you either do the job properly or you don't do it. So yeah, that's what we're going to get with him. But that's why I think he's a perfect player to have because. He's won us six points this season, like yeah, with, with two yeah. goals. So look, he, if he does that again, if he comes on against United and, and bags the winner, we'll absolutely be, you know, <laughs> we'll be jumping for joy. So that's what you get. But with Bailey, yeah, you're going to get that bit more discipline, but you may, you're not going to get that that you know off the cuff um, attacking threat, and that's that's where we're. But we we are we are lacking bodies, and that that's the key. I just hope I hope that. 
I don't think they're going to be any either of anyone's going to be ready for for United on Sunday because that would have been indicated and in the press conference that they're back in full training or whatever, whatever. But I hope to God they're back for like the the, the last four games because then it's only like what there's no midweeks, is there? As you pointed out in the in the um, Fulham preview. Well, we've got ten days till we play Wolves on Saturday the sixth, right? So if it is that we're running on fumes, have we got just enough fuel to get? past admittedly not an easy game away at old traffic but it's not what it used to be is it it's mm. not what it used to be um you know they had an absolute pasting recently by liverpool um we beat them quite comfortably in emory's first game they've had a very bad defeat away at seville um they played a brighton team which you know went they probably should have lost that game on chances got to extra time of penalties and they've got a, a trip against spurs on thursday and even though spurs are recently absolutely abject. They've got rid of the assistant manager of Conte, who Conte took over as an interim. They've got Ryan Mason, and you expect a little bit of a response, but that's Thursday night. You know, I know, I know. And that's they've got a few players out as well themselves. So can we get just about get over the line, put a performance in? You know, a few of the players looked a bit jaded, a bit more time for, for a Watkins maybe to, to rest. He was not quite on it last night. You know, chance to just sort of get a little bit more out of it, and then maybe for the next game a week later, you've got a few more players back in, so you can do a bit of rotation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the positives, and a very, very a quick word on arguably your man of the match, mate, um, Mr. Louise, uh, who, yeah, fast becoming a lot of Villa Villa fans' favourite player, just absolutely controlling midfield and just dictating play at the minute. Yeah, and I just felt like he looked like he had energy as well. I mean, he kept going. It was a great little dart, wasn't it, towards the end? Um, right towards the end of the game when McGinn nearly scored. And he was just still shown for it. But I just think he looks really comfortable and assured now. And it, and it gives a sense of calmness. And that Kamara role, obviously, Kamara was doing that. Um, they were doing it in tandem for a period of time, obviously, when, when they were like a couple of Rolls Royces. But um, I just think he's looking really, really comfortable in that position right now. And you can see the confidence oozing as well. Stepping forward a bit more. Trusts himself the way he kind of moon, you know manipulates the ball between his feet, and I just think you know it's rare he misplaces a pass, Louise. Mm, no, he's, he's, he's used he's, to do it a lot more, mate. He's, he's impressing so many Villa fans. Is not that he needed to change people's minds for him, you know, personally. I don't know if that bothered, but you know, yeah, he's becoming a real Villa sort of stalwart. Almost like I don't know. I think I think Stylian Petrov had to convince quite a few Villa fans when he first came in, uh, and maybe similar thing to Louise, but he's just a you know proper midfielder now, like putting his foot in, scoring goals, box to box, like you say, um pa- passes a, a quality. Just yeah, just a, a great all round midfielder as it stands. So look, long mate, long mate continue for for uh, for good old Dougie. Um and finally we've got to shout out this guy, Mr. Unai Emery. I mean, you've 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 touched on some of the some of the um, records he's broken already this season. I mean, how lucky are we to have this guy as our manager? Give him the keys to Aston, if not if not the, the country. Um, yeah, it's it's just great, isn't it? He, he, he's passionate. We've you know we've obviously had previous managers. We used to get a bit annoyed about the perceived lack of passion. Um, he's knowledgeable. He's got a plan. He's got a system. We're getting different types of wins. Um, it's just great, and again, I'm just delighted that he's he's with us. But it but it gives you a great sense of like the quality of manager he is. It must it must have been a great sell from the owners to convince him to come because he wouldn't 
he wouldn't be coming to any team, would he? With, with that yeah, he could turn Newcastle down. Yeah, which has worked out well for them, of course. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's pretty, and, and we don't want it to, you know, be too negative about previous incumbents of the role. But you know, there was a I did see a, a tweet going round about um, a quote from our previous manager saying, "When we're in bad form, the, the players here have got to help me out for the next eight games, and if not, we'll get players that will 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 help me fix it." You know, basically throwing the players a little bit under the bus. The players have to take responsibility, of course, on the pitch, but it just goes to show you what with the same players can be done with with belief, with coaching, with with proper quality management, with detail. You know, the the, the detail is is incredible. Um, and he's someone now. And I did see something going around. It was a BBC Sport tweet about Villa. And in the comment from BBC Sport was, should Spurs and Kelsey be looking at Unai Emery? What the hell? Like, I know. Um, so London-centric, isn't it? So bad, isn't it? So bad. Um, I'd like to see, you know, if you've got, should Villa be looking at Pep Guardiola, then maybe I might be interested. But um, it's just brilliant. And what the job he's done, even if the, even if we lose the next five games, he's, he's just had an incredible... Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, I, you know, I can't see that happening, but yeah. Absolutely. And I think the key part of it was, is, you know, as a, as a coach, you know, I think a lot of the initial interviews were really were so revealing because it showed, he, what he said, he watched every game that we played, including games last season as well. So as a, as a coach, as a manager, you go in and you either, you either sweep, clear the decks and you bring in your own players and your own people. Or you work, you you find the best system and the best way of working with the players that you've got, and yeah. clearly that's what what Emery did because you know it's different now. You can't just go and sign loads of players and and whatever. And he was coming in mid season, so he thought, right, what is going to be the best way for me to get the best out of these players? How do I get the best out of them? And we've been saying for years. I'm not I'm not saying that we're any anywhere of the tactical know how of Unai Emery. But I don't know how many times in this podcast we said playing the free in midfield with the, the lack of physicality of our midfielders was just a recipe for di- for disaster, and that was in the previous manage the previous two managers continued to play that way, and we were just getting ran through and just trampled over any time we played against anyone with any sense of physicality in their midfield, and he's seen it and gone, I need to I need to pack that midfield, I need to play a box four. And I almost need to have another midfielder that can step in or a fullback that can, can that can attack to, yeah. to make those extra players in midfield. Because when we do lose it, we're getting players around the ball and we can win it back and then we can try and break quickly. And that's exactly what he's done. Like, yeah. it's not... It's, it, I, I, some of the pundits I agree with, it's not rocket science. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's just looking at the players that we've got and utilising the, them in the best, most effective way. What happens then is they become more confident on the ball. And what he's really done so well is he's created set patterns and set ways of playing that will create a chances for us. And that's that's what we see as 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 a as a fan as a as a fan watching. And that's where, you know, when it goes into Watkins and he lays it off first time and they play first time out to Moreno and we're like, we love it. But that's all rehearsed, that's all practice, that's all set up on the training pitch, and that's what's so good. And no one's gonna want to play Villa. No, no. <laughs> well, let's don't lose. Exactly, exactly. Well, look, mate. Let's uh, let's call it a day there. Amazing result. Um, like I say, hard working performance takes us to fifth in the table. 
make sure you guys please hit the like button hit that subscribe button comment on anything that you think about the performance about going into the next game what Unai Emery's done for this club where you think we're going to finish get your comments in um thank you so much for watching it is amazing time to be a Villa fan at the moment as always remember we all follow the Villa thanks everyone absolute pleasure